0: In this podcast, we are discussing China's military industrial development, the impacts of the 14th five-year plan, and how this will impact both industry and strategy. So to start this out, John, can you give me a quick overview of yourself and your experience working with Jane's?
1: Sure thing. Thanks, Ross. Great to do this. Uh, great opportunity, so thank you. My name is John Gravatt. I've been with Jane's for more than 20 years now, most of that time focused on Asia-Pacific defense markets. What that means is a variety of kind of factors and activities that implicate the markets, including defence industrial capabilities, offsets, contracts, technologies, programs, industrial collaboration, procurement. And, you know, being in the Asia-Pacific, based in the Asia-Pacific as I I am, you can't not neglect China uh, in that regard. Uh, China isn't a a traditional defence market. You know, obviously, exports for the West are not really something that that are, that are possible. but it, we still look at it very closely in terms of in terms of its defense activities, defence industrial base, uh, technology base and its defence market as a whole because it's such a, a an important country an important market that to not to focus on that wouldn't wouldn't be right. So certainly that's something that's that's um, that's a main focus of mine um, and it has been over the last 17 years or so. The important pieces of work that I've done recently uh, in that respect is to look in detail at how China is looking to develop not only its defence industrial base uh, and its technology base, but also its military over the over the next kind of period and what China refers to as the next era, uh, and that really is defined by China itself, actually, by its new 14th five-year plan, which runs 2021 to 2025. You know, and President Xi Jinping has has made it very clear that this five-year plan for its defence and technology base is a pivotal one, is a very important one. And the reason for that is that it comes at the start of a period of 30 years, really, where by the end of those 30 years... 2049, 2050. China is aiming to become the world's biggest, uh, the world military superpower, if you like, uh, surpassing the US. That's its target, world-class military by 2049. And the 14th five-year plan is the first of three within the first 15 years of that to 2035. And so China is really in in these next five years, Positioning its defence industrial base and its technology base, positioning those assets to provide the technologies and the capabilities that will eventually provide China with this world-class military status by the end of the 2040s.
0: Absolutely. So the older members of the audience will certainly remember um, way back in the Soviet Union and their five-year plans. How does China's five-year plan engage? Is it solely related to the military-industrial complex, or is it wider throughout society? Yeah, I mean, that's
1: a a good point. And I think, you know, we we saw, you made the point about the Soviet Union in the 1950s, I think it was, that China implemented its first five-year plans. And I think back then, they were detailed plans you know about what to make how much of it to make at what price uh, et, cetera, et cetera, and 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 as the as the as the country has evolved and i i don't think well i know that they're not detailed plans so much anymore and i think china refers to them as actually guidelines as opposed to as opposed to plans that i think the state council refer to it as providing a a, a direction in which to travel as opposed to a plan which provides a detailed route about how to get there. So that's the idea with it. It's more accurately uh, regarded as as five-year guidelines as opposed to five-year detailed plans, and they're not specific to the defence industrial base. And indeed, the developments that I've observed in terms of the defense industrial base and technology base really have emerged out of the guidelines and the objectives and the top level kind of priority objectives that China wants to achieve for its military during the next five years um, so that you know in the five-year plan there is a couple of pages really allocated towards the military and within that, there is a lot, a lot of uh, space handed over to the importance of technologies and industrial development. So uh, we can see what China is trying to do through those, through that plan. And and of course, as you said, it's it's not just the military; it's all parts of the economy and in, in, and industries. But obviously, the the military one is something that a lot of people focus down on. And and actually, it's worth pointing out that the the thirteenth five year plan and the and the 14th five-year plan don't don't differ that that much but what's clear in the 14th five year plan is the is the focus really on innovation and modern technologies. Um, I think the 13th five-year plan was really a, a, a push to position the industrial and technology base to make the gains that it is looking to make during the 14th five-year plan, so these are all very closely linked. Ross, there is no, you know, one these five-year plans you can't they, they, you can't look at them in isolation. They are all, from what I've seen, all very linked with slight changes during each five-year plan, gradually taking China towards this big target that it has in 2049 to achieve world-class military. So in that respect, it's it's ingenious, you know, and it's very 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 well planned there's nothing that's a coincidence in China's planning.
0: Absolutely. One of the things you mentioned there is the focus on innovation of this new five-year plan. Now, China's obviously had a long reputation of effectively copying other nations' industrial successes through legal or alternate means. How much emphasis with this new plan is there on pushing forward these technological developments? Because I understand elements such as they're trying to establish themselves in the 5G market, but also move into certain other new markets in the defence industry. Um, would you be able to tell us more about that? Yeah, I, and I think, actually, before
1: we kind of get to that, I think you mentioned about the importance that China has placed on ceasing its previous um, dependency on on reverse engineering and and, and imitation. And that push, actually something that China referred to as a shift from imitation to innovation, that shift actually started in the 13th five-year plan with the aim really um, to overcome its dependency um, over, over over a couple of decades really on, on Russian, Russian equipment, Russian defense equipment. And of course, you know, China's not there yet. Um, but I think, you know, as I said, these five-year plans are all very much linked up. But, but what we saw in the 13th five-year plan and over the past five years is that there's been a definite uh, decrease in, in the amount of kind of copied equipment that China, China is producing. Yes, there are elements, of, of course, but uh, there has been a decrease in that and there has been an increase in its ability to innovate in, in new areas. And we've seen that certainly over the past, over the past five years and that has been achieved, I think, really in the in the 13th five-year plan by several kind of priorities that were outlined at the beginning in, from 2016 uh, to 2020. So, so the move from it, the shift from imitation to innovation was one of those. And the idea with that is, is that China placed a lot of emphasis in the last five years on efficiencies. You know, traditionally, China's defense industrial base and technology base was very inefficient and extremely um, a lot of duplication and extremely uh, uh, stove-piped in its in its fashion, and um, it wasn't really conducive to to innovation. And one of the things that we've seen in the past five years was this emphasis on on trying to improve efficiencies and trying to improve the competitiveness of of China's defense industrial base, and to a degree. I think that's been successful, but I would also say that um, you know certainly the PLA and the State Council would would regard it as as not quick enough. But we've seen we've seen quite a lot of moves towards that efficiency, towards that greater competition, and the result of that has been, or one of the results of that has been, has been this shift towards innovation and and away from imitation. If you want now, Ross, I can talk you through some of the kind of the the goals within the 14th five-year plan that that stem out of the 13th five-year plan. So there are a number of areas that they are looking to prioritize. Efficiencies comes back as a major priority. So China has outlined certainly a requirement in the 14th five-year plan to continue the reforms that it it pursued during the 13th five-year plan to achieve those industrial efficiencies, to restructure its defence industrial base and technology base in order to achieve those efficiencies that will bring about greater, even greater competition. There is also the move that's very clear in the 14th five-year plan to achieve um, what, it, what it states as deeper military civil fusion um, with the aim to achieve uh, a shift in terms of military capabilities, um, a shift from what it what China refers to as mechanisation towards informationization and then intelligentization. and that 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 terminology is very important because it links very closely to military civil fusion and mechanisation. Basically, is the is the is the procurement of modernised platforms, if you like, tanks, aircraft ships informationization is the integration of communication technologies and enablers and then intelligentization which is the other part of that the aim in the 14th five-year plan is a reference to to fourth industrial revolution technologies really artificial intelligence quantum computing uh, and and the like that you know in china makes reference in the 14th five-year plan to these kinds of technologies as disruptive technologies to to, uh, technologies that are on the frontier, frontier technologies, disruptive technologies. It makes a number of these kind of references to these technologies. And and that is a reference really to that intelligentization push. Um, Another emphasis in the the five-year plan that has been made very clear, um, unambiguous uh, it is, is this deeper MCF, yes, deeper military civil fusion, but to enable the synchronisation really between the civilian and military sectors. These are things that won't won't be achieved during the five-year plan, but certainly these are areas that China wants to push during the five-year plan in order to achieve its position to enable it to push on to eventually reach that 2049 target. Uh, and the idea with that synchronized military civil sectors is is that it's not just about technologies, but it's about sectors. So that's companies, it's industrial aspects, it's the way that they're structured. So eventually, I can see us uh, perhaps in another five years or in 10 years where China refers to uh, no longer refers to a defence industrial base because there won't be. There'll be an industrial base, and that industrial base will be synchronised across civilian and military sectors. If you're looking really at the technologies that China wants to, and the and the capabilities that China wants to integrate within its within the PLA over the next five years we have to say that it's all areas of weakness at the moment. You know what I mean? It's all areas that will be will be regarded as capability weaknesses at the moment uh, for China's military. China's military has come a long way in the last 15 years, 20 years, but there still remains a, a lot of holes, a lot of gaps in its capabilities. and And some of the some of the inferences in the 14th five-year plan make specific references kind of to these capability gaps in terms of the shift towards informationization and then intelligentization. So areas, for instance, that, that, are, that are weaknesses still for, for China include, for instance, you know advanced networking systems, electro-optical systems, sensors, signal, advanced signals, intelligence. Combat management systems, future infantry fighting systems things like this in which China has yet to really make the gains that it would like to have made I think at the beginning of 2016 and now are really aimed at bridging those gaps during the during the 14th five-year plan through some of those through some of those um, targets and priorities that I've outlined Russ.
0: You mentioned military-civil fusion. Related to it, it's very would actually be very interesting to a lot of our subscribers it would also be the fact that if China's defense industry is moving hand in glove with the civilian industry, what impact does that expect to have on Western firms attempting to do business in China? For example, um, Airbus is looking to set up its uh, manufacturing for civilian helicopters within the region does this mean that should the current regime of sanctions continue there's going to be major challenges for firms operating in china because it's going to be increasingly difficult to say where the defense industry ends and civilian industry begins
1: that's right and that and that is that is one of the key kind of aims of the military civil fusion is to blur though completely blur those lines and to have one end of the spectrum connected to the other, at the end of the Trump um, administration, um, the U.S. announced a number of directives aimed at stemming the flow of civilian technologies towards the Chinese military through the MCF strategy. But really, what what those directives amounted to was really just the tip of the iceberg in terms of in terms of China's integration into into advanced civilian commercial technologies in which it, it, it's collaborating very extensively with, with Western counterparts. Uh, and so, to some degree, you can't. The, the, the scope of China's commercial base, certainly in areas such as aerospace, is enormous in terms of billions and trillions of dollars over the next 20 years. Major Western firms are not going to turn their back on that um, certainly in the current climate. And so uh, the, the, the best that the West can do, if it's serious about stopping China from gaining access to uh, technologies that could benefit the military, um, uh, th- th- there is no way that that can happen realistically because the benefits for commercial companies to integrate with China are so huge. Uh, And it's not just in the conventional kind of areas as well, you know, it's not just in the areas of of aero engines, which is obviously a a capability gap for China. It's not just in aerospace and other kind of areas. A major area of integration for China at the moment, and it has been for, for two or three years now, has been artificial intelligence. And China basically believes and, 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 and structures its military civil fusion around the principle that artificial intelligence and enabling technologies will provide the Chinese military with uh, leap over leapfrog capability. One of the other aims of the 14th five year plan is to achieve, uh, you know, catch up status in terms of conventional systems. But China also believes that the next generation 4IR, the 4th Industrial Revolutionary technologies such as AI will provide it with this leap over capability, with this capability to really um, become a, a leading, the leading player in terms of military capabilities through the integration of 4th uh, Industrial Revolution capabilities such as AI and the scope of China's integration with the West and the rest of the world in terms of AI is, is phenomenal. is has grown very rapidly over the last few years, with uh, and through um, many of China's biggest names in terms of in terms of commercial technologies and mobile technologies and digital technologies. All these companies are involved in, or many of these companies are involved in the in the MCF strategy. Many of the big ones, at least. And they are certainly, you know, involved also in the commercial aspects in the US and the UK and other countries. But that's what I said about this kind of one end of the spectrum feeding the other end of the spectrum. Um, and that, that is one of the focus areas of MCF. And that is one of the focus areas of the, of, the AI, of China's AI plan. And that AI plan was instigated in 2017 over three phases with this distinct target of integration of, of, of entanglement with the rest of the world, and that is driven by huge investment and driven by the requirement, as I've said already the motivation really as China, as China has said in the AI plan to deeply integrate AI within its military platforms and systems to achieve by two thousand thirty five um, certainly that intelligentization capability. And that will be achieved through the integration of AI, and that will be achieved through the integration of the technologies that have come, principally, uh, at least at the, at the beginning, through commercial sectors. Uh, and so that is the difficulty. I mean, I've summed up there the kind of AI plan, but that is the difficulty that Western firms or Western governments, I should say, face if they are if they are serious about stopping China's access to these technologies. It's it's. Pretty much impossible to do so when the the volume of dollars that we're talking about in terms of some of these areas is is huge, and it comes at a time of COVID when Western governments need to integrate with with some of the world's biggest economies. And China is aiming to be the biggest economy in the not too distant future, and to not to integrate with that would be very very difficult, uh, almost impossible. So um, that's the challenge that the West faces. But um, China is aware of that challenge, and that is why the MCF strategy is so important over the 14th five-year plan, Ross.
0: So you mentioned with intelligentisation and incorporating AI into those efforts. Could you explain exactly what intelligentisation is? Because you previously meant mechanisation and so on, and I think everybody's familiar with those development. In terms of intelligentisation, is this the incorporation of automation at effectively the business end, or is it something a bit deeper?
1: The the defence industrial base at the moment um, isn't really clear about the, the wide possibilities in terms of AI, but what China I think is clear is that intelligentisation and the integration of AI will provide it with, with capabilities across four areas, I guess, um, surveillance, um, uh, detection, targeting and strike. Um, You know, we've seen that AI has an ability across all those areas um, to support military capability, to advanced military, advanced military capability. Um, And these, you know, China has not made it clear that these are the areas, but but I think that it's 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 almost certain that these are the kind of aspirations of China's AI plans in terms of integrating it towards the military is to achieve capability advancements in those areas, you know, like surveillance, detection, targeting, strike, that will be extremely important in China's strategic military kind of uh, objectives to enhance anti access area denial um, across the Asia-Pacific. And that at the moment, is China's priority area in terms of military strategies, and will be so for the foreseeable future. And I think that AI certainly, when you look at the vast distances on a map um, across the Asia Pacific, the the oceans of the Asia Pacific, when you when you when you consider that, and you consider. The 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 technological capabilities that some of these artificial could possibly provide China in terms of surveillance and in terms of detection and and targeting and strike, you can possibly see the 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 attractiveness for China Um, when you integrate that with the, the 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 capability that China is able to bring to bear in terms of conventional systems which are not which are not the most advanced, but China has, is able to bring mass, a mass of capability in terms of platforms to the Asia-Pacific because it's on its doorstep. When you integrate that with the uh, capability advancements that China is looking to integrate in terms of AI in those areas that I've already discussed, targeting and strike, for instance, then that is the attractiveness for China, the, 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 the augmentation of that with it. With, Alongside its conventional platforms, will provide that capability that China is looking to achieve. That will provide that anti-access area denial uh, across the across the Asia Pacific. So, you know, in that regard, the whole thing is the whole thing is linked very closely between you know the technology side, the military strategic objective side. There's a clear link between all that, uh, and and you know certainly we're not there yet, but the 14th five-year plan is certainly one important step towards that. We've spoken a lot about the technology base and the the importance of technologies and industry within this five-year plan. But in terms of military development, I think it's only one aspect, the industry and technology side is really only one aspect of it. And, you know, there are other aspects. There's, there's five or six other aspects of the military civil fusion strategy, one of which is technology and industry. Um, but I think it's and I would say as well that industry and technology is, is, is the most important of these aspects in terms of MCF. But, but China has made it clear in its own in its own papers um, and policy papers about military-civil fusion is that there are five or six other areas which it calls systems of systems in which MCF is intended to bring about military capability developments that, that will enable together all these systems of systems will enable China eventually to, in theory, to, to achieve this to achieve this um, uh, 2049 target of becoming the world-class military. Those other areas uh, include, include a restructuring of the innovation base, um, you know, research and development, the whole aspect of research and development, and to, and to achieve military civil fusion in China's innovation uh, efforts. Training and, and personnel cultivation, that's another area of military civil fusion to enable... The 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 not just in the military but also the the skills of of technical skills training to to enable that to become a to become one logistics. So you know obviously logistics um, the the, the civil military fusion of logistics is certainly provides benefits for China when you look in terms of its Belt and Road Initiative, for instance. Um, infrastructure is another important area, such as. The the military civil fusion of airports, the military civil fusion of communication networks. Um, obviously, China's satellite new satellite system is a good example of that, of as to how that is supporting both civilian and and, and, and military uh, networks. That that is a, another area of these systems of systems that China aims to 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 support through military civil fusion. And the and one of the, and the last one, I think I think that was five or six, but the last one really is. Is what it refers to as mobilization, which is really something similar to Singapore's total defence strategy, in which the the idea with that is that the total the, the economy, the society, the culture, the industrial sectors will all be geared towards um, supporting military civil fusion, supporting military development. Um, uh, again, with this with this objective of achieving world class military status by the end of the 2040s. So, we mustn't isolate technologies and in industry. It is the most I would argue it's the most important part of this systems of systems strategy that China has with MCF. But uh, it does incorporate other elements, um, other five or six elements that that all pull together towards MCF and the target of military. Um, world-class military status.
0: Coming from that, would you say then that MCF is a logical conclusion of the previous People's War concept, that there China is seeking to, not necessarily militarise, but engage its entire population industrial base towards its political and military goals, and that this is, again, the Riding back to the teachings of Mao, talking about how you mobilize the the masses effectively to perform your goals both militarily and economically.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that that, that China's long-term strategy is also, also reach back a long way. you know there, there is nothing that that, that that isn't kind of connected to to several decades back. And so yes, um it's very clear that this is the this is the strategy and and like you say it is linked back some some decades back towards uh towards targets and goals that were outlined many decades ago uh, ago um and and through and through that through that um through that push if you like towards this mcf strategy uh which is which is extremely wide-reaching and and complicated and difficult really to get your head around i think sometimes but 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 within that there are you know if we look specifically at the industry and technology side of things there are also many many reforms that are underway at the moment that are that are linked again so if if you like if you have a you know just look at it in terms of these five or six of these systems of systems and within each systems of systems, there's another uh, scores of reforms that are underway within each part of that towards this, towards this one end goal. Um, and these reforms have been going on for many decades in some cases, which again links back to that point you made about how far these plans stretch back and how well um, and how well connected these these plans these plans are. You know, there 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 certainly is nothing that, that is a coincidence or or a mistake in China's planning going forward. And um, you know, I'll just point out some of the some of the most important of these reforms going forward. You know, we've, it, 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 China, one of the most important things that China is trying to do within its industry and technology systems of systems is this and i've referenced it a couple of times is this restructuring Uh, and it's and it's vital this is a vital element of of the 14th five-year plan in order to achieve this military civil fusion so this restructuring really is dependent on china's ability and this actually will bring us to some of the challenges that china faces in its 14th five-year plan but this these reforms are really focused on, on the ability of China to, to synchronize and and, and and restructure its industrial base so that um, the private sector, which we haven't actually mentioned yet in our discussion, but the private sector becomes much more deeply integrated into the, the development of, of these next generation Military tech, or I shouldn't say military technologies, but next-generation technologies such as artificial intelligence. In the past five years, China has had not so much a success at restructuring its defense industrial base. There's been some, but it's not been uh, it's not been as as advanced as the PLA I would imagine would would have have wanted. And so, a real motivator, a, a real priority uh in the in the next five years will be re- restructuring its defense industrial base so that it so that the private sector is much better integrated uh in terms of the in terms of innovation in terms of technologies in terms of even just little niche technologies that that the private sector can bring to bear At the moment, it's been very limited, but that is a major push and that will China believes that that will that integration will bring about some of the 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 the, the new technologies that China wants to wants to develop and the and the way that that integration of the private sector is being is being targeted is is been is through, you know, areas such as funding and and investments, consolidation, the mergers and acquisitions. Greater emphasis on on partnerships and, and, and alliances between the state and the private sector. The China's mixed ownership reform, which has which has which has uh, encouraged the private sector to to buy stakes um, of admittedly non-core elements of the state-owned defense industry, but but that kind of that kind of those kind of reforms. Have been important, but another area that is very important for China is administrative reforms in terms of procurement and contracting, because many of this is still, still very much favours the state-owned enterprises, and and in order to integrate the private sector, and in order to integrate those niche technologies. Such as artificial intelligence, it really does need to address some of the issues with procurement and contracting, which is still very, very much favored, still very much favor the state owned state owned enterprises. And that really Russ, is one of the major challenges for China as it goes forward. Uh, and, and to achieve those goals that it wants, that it is aiming for in the 14th five-year plan. You know, China's ability over the last five years to integrate the private sector has has been quite poor, really. Uh, there's been some gains, but it's been quite poor. And there, re- and there remains a lack of trust in the private sector, um, not just through, not just a lack of trust in terms of the government, but also the state-owned enterprises. So they still don't fully trust the private sector with military programs, of course, um, for many many decades, the state has has owned and opera and, and undertaken military programs, but now is the time where the state really does need to 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 reform successfully its processes in order to integrate the the private sector um, you know, and without that integration that then then that AI plan and the and the program to to integrate military civil fusion um, is jeopardized I believe and so that is a major risk for China as it goes forward and a major risk to the MCF strategy uh, as to how well China can integrate its civilian and military industries and and, and, and technologies uh, to date, that integration has been limited. There's been some areas where the government has tried to integrate the private sector, for instance, in training and simulation systems. It's it's opened its doors a little bit, but there needs to be much greater embrace really of the private sector uh, before it can achieve some of those gains that it is looking for, and, and another linked kind of st- major challenge that China faces actually is the continuing kind of stovepipe um, it's a, a structure of the defense industrial base, whereby there is still it's still very much um, you know owned and governed and, and dominated by these by these super huge industrial bases. That have, that have dominated defence industrial research and development production for so many decades, um, for this to really work, that needs to be restructured considerably, substantially um, over the next few years. And again, that's not been an area that China has a good record at um, over the last five years. It's struggled really with, with that restructuring. Um, and that is another major challenge that China faces in terms of, in terms of achieving some of the the objectives of the 14th Five Year Plan, so I don't think it's a plain sail towards towards those targets. China faces many challenges, um, and I suspect within the next year we'll see more more fundamental reforms that that really go, uh, that really do attempt to integrate the private sector and really do attempt to restructure the the traditional defence industrial base.
0: As part of these reforms you've previously mentioned, and moving forward as well, with the recent purges among certain members of the industrial complex, was that politically motivated? Was that part of this attempt to develop industry forward as part of the five-year plan?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think, as I said before, there are no coincidences when it comes to China's China's planning of its defence industrial base and MCF, so nothing there are no there are no mistakes there are no coincidences there nothing is in is taken in isolation so in my view that it's all connected and certainly China is aware that 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 it needs to make some big some large gains in terms of the in terms of the challenges it faces it needs to it needs to you know it, it looks very much at the us at what the us has is trying to, has been achieving over the last few years in terms of in terms of its integration of the civil and military few I, I, sectors um, and that's something that is that, that china looks at certainly and it and it needs and it and it does appreciate that it needs to really accelerate this 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 effort towards you know Uh, towards the MCF program, which necessitates deep restructuring, uh, not just in terms of industrial restructuring, but also in terms of administration uh, and the way that that the defence sector is administered by by China. So, So it faces big challenges in that regard.
0: Related to this, actually, we've talked a lot about how this affects China internally, how they're moving forward on that. Thinking externally, especially as the Chinese industry is trying to make its way into the global defence market, do we expect to see significant changes in this respect from this five-year plan, or is this something we're going to see further down the line?
1: Uh, it's an interesting point in terms of exports. Now, uh, I-, I mentioned, I think, briefly China's Belt and Road Initiative, which is which is aimed really at, at, at expanding China's strategic influence across Across much of the world, um, and and that has been dented by COVID nineteen. There's no doubt, um, but but that certainly is a is a major uh, a major uh, priority for China within the 14th five year plan. In terms of the defense industry, there, there is no there is no real hard links between the the industrial base and the Belt and Road Initiative. But I would say that another important part of China's um strategies over the next 5 years in terms of developing uh, technologies and in terms of the military civil fusion policy is something that china refers to as going out and going out basically means um the 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 encouraging its defense companies its When I say defence companies, I mean the traditional defence companies. It it, it encourages its traditional defence companies to go out into the um, international markets and be competitive and to acquire local companies and to be successful in defence exports and to expand its influence in in foreign defence markets. And that expansion of the industrial base's influence in those international markets is part of uh, the Belt and Road Initiative, is part of China's efforts to expand its wider strategic influence across the world, much like the United States regards defence exports as part of its Strategy to expand its influence. So, so China again has looked at the U.S. strategy in terms of defense exports and seen a, a kind of a policy there that it wants to, it wants to uh, 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 pursue. And, and China is pursuing that through the Belt and Road Initiative and through the Going Out Initiative, through which defense exports are part. and And over the past five five to ten years, China has had success in defense exports, in uh, certainly in developing in developing markets um, in, in Asia, and the Middle East, China has been successful in, in, in expanding its, 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 its share of the markets in these countries. Um, I don't think China is, is, is out to become the the world's uh, top exporter. That's, you know, and revenues are not driving China's, China's defense exports. Revenues are not driving it. It's the going out and the Belt and Road initiatives that are that are driving this, which is part of the strategic kind of objectives of China. But but you know, exports certainly provide China with a with a route to foreign markets, with a route uh, through which it can pursue mergers and acquisitions, with a route through which it can acquire foreign technologies and engage with foreign customers, understand um, new 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 trends in technologies and new requirements. Uh, you know, and we've seen China uh, certainly. Uh, expand its strategies in terms of defense exports over the past 5 years and i would and i would suggest that defense exports will, will continue to be a priority area over the coming 5 years as part of, of as part of its wider strategic objectives
0: so that now we've covered most of the knockdown effects of the current five-year plan coming up what's happening going forward what's the next five-year plan going to look like is it going to be a continuation of what we're seeing now or are we going to see a rapid acceleration of these plans of course depending you on mean
1: you goes. Say, so you're talking about the the 15th five-year plan in five years yeah i mean yeah i mean there will be it's difficult to say at the moment but i'm sure that there will be links to the 14th five-year plan but slightly honed in a way that would kind of be the next stepping stone, that would then be the second five-year plan out of the out of the next uh, up to 2035. So that would be a, another important stepping stone towards towards the 2049 um, target. So you know, as I said at the beginning, Russ, I think all the five-year plans are very closely linked. Slight differences between them but all regarded as a stepping stone towards, towards modernization.
0: Okay, um, I think that's us more or less coming to the end of our podcast. In a couple of quick senses, can you give us an overview of what it means about the current five-year plan?
1: Yes, I think the next five-year plan is one in, in which China is looking to push forward with its, in, in terms of military technologies, to push forward and advance some of the some of the kind of a priority areas that it's identified it's not a stop start process these five-year plans and there is no clear success markers but what i think china is aspiring to in the next five-year plans is to make significant strides towards the some of its priorities which include you know uh, artificial intelligence and fourth industrial revolution technologies military civil fusion uh, defense industrial reforms and other areas of military civil fusion such as infrastructure and innovation um, uh, through which it aims to take another step towards the world class military objective that it has in the late 2040s
0: Brilliant. Thank you very much, John. It's been a pleasure having such a consummate professional join us on the podcast. We look forward to hearing from you again in the future.
1: It's been great. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks, Ross.